and a blessed new year. I pray the Lord will bless us all with a glorious, peaceful, happy year. That 2023 will be our year of freedom where we will know the presence of the Lord daily in our life, his peace that will literally permeate our souls. So I want to begin with prayer and I'm going to later have communion with you. So make sure you have your elements ready. And I have a word from the Lord that I really believe we all need to hear. So Lord, we come today, dearest, dearest Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the promises you've given us in your word. For you said, great peace have they that love your law, and nothing will cause them to stumble. Nothing will offend them. Let 2023 be that year of peace, great peace in our life, that your presence will permeate our being and our hearts. Bless our families, Lord, with your peace also. And that to you will belong all the glory. That is our promise. We will give you all the glory and all the praise and the honor in 2023 and forever. Wonderful Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, we give you all the praise. Amen and amen. In 1 Kings 20, verse 1 through 4, King Ahab said to an enemy, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, these words, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. Imagine that Ahab, a wicked king, would say those words to an enemy. He says, O lord, my lord, he called him, O king, According to your saying, I am yours and all that I have. And sometimes when I read this portion, it kind of really strikes me because I'm thinking, here's a wicked king saying that to another wicked king. How much more should we say this to our wonderful Lord who loves us, who proved his love by dying on a cross for us? who daily takes care of us, forgiving us, loving us, comforting us, healing us, delivering us, giving us the assurance of life eternal. How much more should we say to these words? My Lord, O King, the real King, according to your word, according to your sayings, I am yours and all I have. Can we just lift our hands and say those words right now? Lord, I am yours and all I have. Lord, I am yours and all I have. Now, the Christian life <clears throat> is really about that. Lord, I am yours and all I have is yours. That is surrender. Because Surrender, and we have to understand this, is Christianity. Without surrender, there is no Christianity. 
a true Christian life is a life of surrender daily, daily. Oh Lord, I'm yours and all I have. Uh, when Martin Luther, the great reformer, came on the scene back hundreds of years ago, he struggled because he, he believed and he felt that God wanted to always judge him. And uh, another priest that was with him, like a, a spiritual father to him in some way, he said, if you want to be free from that fear of God, because he was so afraid of God, he said, just say, Lord, I'm yours. He said, look to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm yours. And when he surrendered like that, he shook the world. Think about a man like Martin Luther, the reformer, the German priest. He changed the world. God used that man to change the world, changed Europe and the world with the great reformation as we know it, where he brought liberty to millions as a result of his own liberty. What he said, Lord, I'm yours. And I think sometimes we say those words, but it doesn't come from the heart. And I pray, and I believe with all of us, that this will be our prayer from our hearts daily from here on. In Matthew 16, I think the Lord here explains exactly what that means when he said in verse 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life will lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So this is really what it means to surrender, to be free from self. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. To be free from self. To be a true Christian means to take up a cross, our cross, and die to self and to the world and say, Lord, I'm yours. I don't belong to them. I don't belong to myself. I've seen many wonderful people over the years in our crusades pray this prayer when I would have them repeat after me and they were coming to the Lord by the thousands. I would say now, just say, dear Jesus, I give you my life and all I have. And, and they would repeat it. But this is not just a prayer. This is a real walk. So when we say, Lord, I'm yours, it's not just a prayer. We want to live this. We, 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 we want to experience this. And my prayer for you is that you will experience this daily in your life. Because you and I will not survive the future. 2023 will be a more turbulent year for the world. A more, uh, more troubles, more fears. I mean, look what happened in 2022 and before that. So the world is not going to have it any easier. We, the church, are the answer to the world. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not to them. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. I give you my peace. That's permanent peace. 
lasting peace. Like I said earlier, great peace have they that love your law. Nothing will cause them to stumble or offend them. So, yes, I do believe that there is that place where we will experience I had not seen nor ear hath heard. Neither have entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for that someone who what? Loves him. Surrenders to him. This message is so needed because we need to bring the attention of everyone back to the Lord, back to Jesus himself, not to things and organizations and so on. And uh, how beautiful when, when Paul in Ephesians 3 says that God will do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or even think. So I had not seen, yet had not heard, like 1 Corinthians 2, 9 said, what God had prepared for them who love him. And then you add to it that God will do exceeding abundantly above all we even ask or think or can believe for. Because this is what it means. I don't think, you know, that there are certain things God will give us we don't even have the ability to ask for or to believe for. So you're craving peace. I'm craving peace. We all want that place in Jesus where we are free from the distractions of life. I think we all face it. I face it. You face it. Bruce, who's playing the instrument, faces it. Dear Marie, who's sitting here, and Chad here. We, we all face it. We, we all have, we all want it to have peace all the time. But we live in a, in a very troubled world. Greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. We have to remember that. There is a power within you and I, untapped, I think. And we, 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 we allow the things of life to distract us, to cause us to lose our peace. You know, you and I can lose our peace like that. Isn't that right, Bruce? How about you, dear Marie? How about you, Chad? We can lose our peace in, 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 a, in, a, in a second. We can, we can have a great day in prayer where you have communion and, and you're worshiping the Lord and you're done praying and you feel like, Wow, I can't believe this peace that has filled my soul. And the phone rings. And it's one of your children. Or it's your mom. Or it's your wife. Or it's a friend. And now, bang, something uh, is, is, you hear something from them. They, they say something to you. And that peace can go so fast. You wonder what happened to that beautiful time with the Lord. What's, what's the key? That's what I'm talking about. Surrender. The minute that peace leaves, I think we ought to reconnect with God right away by surrendering. It's that siphoning, the anointing, I call it. You know, when, when we had the crusades, I would be under such a heavy anointing and someone would come up 
and start to talk things that I didn't want to hear. Bruce remembers those things. You'd have somebody come up and you had a great healing prior and, and the glory of God is everywhere. People are rejoicing. And then one, one lady or a man comes up and they say something negative and the whole stadium, you, you can feel the whole thing go like that. We're talking just two, three minutes earlier, they were rejoicing. Everybody is, 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 you know, expecting more from the Lord. And one man comes up or one lady comes up or somebody comes up and they don't show faith. Kills it like that. But I learned years ago, worship again quickly. And, and Bruce and Jim and all, and all of them knew I'd start singing. You remember that? And the second I'd start worshiping, we were right back on top. And I think that's how we surrender. We cannot surrender without worship. I'll be teaching on worship. Uh, in fact, I start the year, which will be this Monday, uh, next Monday and Tuesday and, and the following days, how to enter the presence of God. And we really cannot enter the presence of God without a revelation of who He is, who He is. You know, I can thank the Lord because we understand thanksgiving. And why do we thank Him? Because He's good. And I think we all understand goodness. We see good people, good things. So we can understand what goodness means. Even though we don't see God's goodness often, we at least understand what goodness is. So we, 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 we can say thank you, Lord. We, we, we understand greatness because we see great things. You look at creation, you know, someday you look at the beautiful sunsets, you see greatness. And so it says, praise the Lord for his greatness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. But you cannot worship without understanding who God is. And he is holy. Holiness, there's no parallel to it on earth. I can understand goodness because I can see good things. I can understand greatness because we see great things. But we don't see holiness on this planet. So how can we explain holiness? We can. What is holiness? God is holiness. Only God is holy. And only when we understand that by revelation can we worship God. So make sure to join me this week because I'm going to explain that to you. That it's so powerful because worship is, is, is that place of quiet rest. You know, there's an old song. There's a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. It's an old hymn. And I think worship is the key. And, and worship is the key also to surrender. We can't surrender by being distracted. Even though you pray and have a wonderful time with, with the Lord, that thing can go like this, with one bad phone call, one wrong message, one something uh, negative happening. But if we just get back to worship at that moment, it'll, it'll, it'll change everything. So I think uh, many have tried. Let me just talk about this because I think this will help you understand to uh, surrender, how to surrender. I'll, I'll never forget. I've been asked that so many times by preachers. How do you surrender? Well, it's not really something I can 
I can show you, I can talk to you about it. Only God can show you how to do that. There, there are no classes on, here's how you do it, A, B, C, you know, like follow this. No, no. I can tell you what the Bible says about it. I can go to the farthest, as far as I can go with what God has shown me and what I've experienced in my life. But only God can reveal surrender to us. So, can you, can you play on that beautiful instrument, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me? And then, and then let's just play songs on the Holy Spirit for the next few minutes. Because he's, 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 our, he's our secret. He's, he's the one that makes it possible for us. And Lord, help us surrender. Help your people come to that place, Lord, where they will, they will understand that you lead them into that place of surrender. And Lord, help me explain it as best as I can. I give you praise. So, the Lord knows we, many have tried and failed miserably. I mean, people want to surrender. We all want to surrender. I've heard people by the thousands, hundreds of thousands sing the song, I surrender all. But do they really surrender? Only God knows that. Now, look. God is not asking us to surrender on our own strength. Because he knows we can't. We will fail for sure. So, it's not about willpower. I'm going to do it. I'm going to really surrender to God in 2023 or whenever. And I know, you know, uh, people like to focus on the new year because I think of things that are worldly mostly. But there's no such things as sacred dates <laughs> with the Bible, you know. We just live daily. It's a, it's a, it's a daily walk, not, not, a, not a yearly walk. But I think, you know, it'll help us because now it's in our, and, and God works with us on that, okay? We, we, new year, new beginning, new this, new that. No, there's only one new beginning in the Christian life. That's when we got saved. You know, all things became new then. But, but God, you know, he, he understands we need new beginnings. You know, we, we human beings need to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start fresh. I'm going to start, okay, God work with us. So let's make that decision on that new beginning where we surrender properly. So I cannot do it by self-will. I cannot do it by self-effort. And I surely cannot do it by self-confidence. There's just no way I can. I, I think Paul the, the Apostle said something powerful in Romans 7:18. He said, for to will is present with me, but how to perform it, I don't know. So we all have that will. Lord, I really want to, I really want to, I want to. But I can't seem to find it inside of me. Why? Because in the flesh <laughs> dwells no good thing. So if, if, if I say, I will surrender. I will pray. I'm going to seek the Lord more in 2023 than 2022. Okay, you have the will, but do you really have what it takes? No, because Paul said, to will is present, but how to perform it, I can't find out. It's, no, it's, it's, not, it's nowhere near me. And think about, I mean, he tried, and then he would say these words, that I think are like, to me, amazing. In the same chapter, Romans 7, 24, 
He said, I am a wretched man. <laughs> oh, wretched man that I am, he said. Who shall deliver me from this body of destruction? This flesh is no good. It cannot be good. It's not meant to be good. Because when that nature of sin came in there, it ruined everything. And I think when we come to that place where we realize I cannot surrender on my own, I have no will that I can fulfill. I mean, I may have the will, but I don't know how to do it. I, 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 there, there's nothing I can do in the flesh. I'm wretched, you know. The, the second we come to that place, I think that is the beginning of our, our, of, of our freedom. That's when God begins to work with us. We come to the end of our time. Wow. You know, there was an old song, uh, He Giveth More Grace. You mind playing that for me? He Giveth More Grace talks about how when we come to the end of our resources, that's when our Father's full giving starts. Isn't that great? Yeah. And it's, you know, it says it all. I think we, we come to the end of ourselves to say, I can't do it. I think that is the most difficult thing for us human beings to admit that I cannot do it. I will never forget the service where I had to conduct the Catherine Kuhlman Memorial Service in Pittsburgh back in 77. I was invited to, imagine, conduct Catherine Kuhlman's Memorial Service. I was 24 years old. I never met Miss Kuhlman, but her ministry decided to invite me to conduct the service because they knew about what was happening with me through a lady named Molly Phillips, who was Catherine Kuhlman's representative in Canada. And Maggie Harder, who ran the foundation for Miss Kuhlman, had me come to Pittsburgh and asked me to uh, minister to the people. February 20th, 1977, long time ago. I was so scared, I got on the platform. I've told the story so many times. When I saw the crowd and the big choir behind me, all I said is, Lord, I can't do it. I just cannot do it. And I heard the Lord say, I'm glad, now I will. That was a, the, the beginning of my education, that God loves it when we say, I cannot do it. I just don't, I don't have the ability to even think about doing it. And that's when God takes over. And all we have to do is furnish the vessel. Give him this, this body, say, Lord, here is me. Take, take me and do whatever you want to. Because I just, I have nothing to give you. So here's my, here's my nothing. Imagine God takes our nothing and uses it. There was a man named David Duplessis years ago. He was a dear man of God and a friend of mine. And he was preaching one day. He said, all of you, all of us are a zero. But Jesus is one. 
and we make 10 together. I thought, wow, wow. We're only zero. But when Jesus comes right next to us, we become 10. And he said something powerful one day. He said, the Christian life, if you look at the word Christian, the last three letters are what? I am. I am nothing. Isn't that powerful? Christ and I am nothing. That's the whole word for Christian. So I think it's the same message they gave me when I was young. I'm nothing. I can't do it. And the Lord showed up. And that is when I think we discover the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I love what you're playing. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Oh, dear God, I love it. Come, come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Wow. I'm, I'm already sensing it. I'm so glad Bruce came. We have an instrument here in the studio. We've never done this before in this one, but it's beautiful. And the minute I think we discover that the Holy Spirit is the only one who can do it, I think then we can understand something that uh, Paul wrote. And, and you know, we, we read this verse, and I think sometimes we don't connect it right. It says, in Romans 8:13, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body or put to death the deeds of the body, you live. Well, how do I come to the place that I realize I cannot do it in the flesh? I've been talking about it. You come to the place to say, oh, wretched man that I am, I cannot do it. I have the will, I, I don't have the way, and I can't even perform it. So now, Holy Spirit, you take over and you, please, Lord, put to death the deeds of this body. It says, if ye through the Spirit, I love that, that connection, if you through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot do it without you. If you through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body. Meaning, I have to say, Holy Spirit, please put this flesh to death. Isn't that powerful? Holy Spirit, I'm, I cannot put to death the flesh on my own. I have no strength against it. Now, I'm asking you today, Lord, dear God, I sense it, you know. Holy Spirit, you take this flesh that I cannot control and put it to death. That's what it means. Then it says, you live. And I think that's exactly, it fits so beautifully with Matthew 16, where the Lord said, deny self. Well, I cannot deny self without the Holy Spirit helping me kill the deeds of the body. So you have to put Matthew 16 with Romans 8 to make it, to, to even understand it. So Jesus said, if you want to be mine, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Carry your cross, meaning put the deeds of the body to death. 
and I followed it. Well, I have to read Romans 8.13 with it to understand how this happens. So Jesus says, okay, deny self, carry the cross, follow me, deny self, put to death the flesh, and then you can follow me. But I'm thinking, well, how do I do that? Do I just get down to an altar and say, Lord, here? Or you, you, or you try to do it? No, it's not going to work. You say, Holy Spirit, please, I ask you to help me put the deeds of the body to death. I want to participate in my death. I want to participate in my death. When Catherine would preach this message years ago, I would go home and say, Lord, kill me. I didn't even know what I was saying. Because I thought, well, I can't, you know, I didn't even know what she meant by you, you have to die, you have to die, I should say. And I'm thinking, what does it mean? Well, I do not mean <laughs> years long ago. And now I've learned, Holy Spirit, please help me, help me put the deeds of this body to death. Because it says, if you, 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 you got to be involved. If you through the Spirit, you mortify the deeds of the body you live. Wow. And then I think that will bring us to that place where we can surrender. Because we cannot surrender in the flesh. The flesh cannot surrender. The flesh doesn't even know how. Doesn't even know how. Now look, look. I'm just having a good talk with you here. Uh, there are two spirits in the world. Two. And we read that in 1 Corinthians 2.12. The spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the world. Okay? Now, we, 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 we have to ask ourselves, where does self belong? Who runs self? Does the Holy Spirit run self? No. Self belongs to the spirit of the world. So when you read in 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, there's the spirit of God and the spirit of the world. I have to ask myself, where does the flesh fit with this? So the flesh then cannot surrender to the Holy Spirit. You know what? Someone can sing, I surrender all till their face turns blue. It's not going to happen. They have got to come to the place where they say, Holy Spirit, put this body to death. I don't want to have to deal with this. And then they can say, I surrender all. Because the body cannot surrender. The, the body got to be dead. Have, have you ever seen a, a dead body surrender to anything? <laughs> it cannot surrender. Just laying there, dead. So the part in us that surrenders is the spirit of man. The spirit of man surrenders. The body got to be shut off, shut down, out of the way. Spiritually, we surrender. And when we surrender spiritually, that is only possible by the Holy Spirit because only the Holy Spirit can cause my spirit to surrender spiritually. He doesn't. I cannot surrender my body. The body's got to be dead. 
Now, you know, there's a lot of teaching today. Well, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm the temple of God, so I'm going to give it to God. But can your body really be surrendered to God on its own power? It's got to be dead. And when that body dies, God moves through it. So self, this flesh belongs to the, to the, to the, to the, to the world. And the flesh is God's greatest enemy. Self is God's greatest enemy. And that's why the Lord asks us to crucify self. And how do I crucify self? Great question. I can't. Neither can you. I just read you Romans 8.13. We crucify self when we say, that's the Holy Spirit. You, not me, you help me. You give me the ability, not just the will, but the ability to cooperate with you. And I want you to put this body to death. So it's not about me giving my body. It's about the Holy Spirit putting it to death and giving that to the Lord. And I think that's what it means when we read Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your act of worship. Well, who, who can do that? The Holy Spirit, I cannot do that. I heard Catherine come and preach on that, on that, <laughs> on that verse from Romans 12. She said, this is when the Holy Spirit completely fills your vessel. When you come to that place that you surrender that body as a living sacrifice, that's when he completely empowers you. And it's not a physical thing, like right? It's not where you, you, you... In the world, in the world and in the demonic realms, the body is involved. Uh, through natural, worldly silence, which brings in the demonic, by the way. That's not what it means to be still and know I'm God. Be still means put the body out of the way. Dismiss it. Crucify it. Wow. Great peace have they that love you. Oh, I'm telling you, that's the secret. It's what I'm reading. And it's, what is so amazing is Paul continues with something powerful in Romans 8. The next thing he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, I'm reading Romans 8, 14, they are the sons of God. And then he says, you've not received this, the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I don't think it's possible to be led by the Spirit and cry, Abba, Father, without dying first. Because he says, you, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body, and then you live, and then when you're alive, you can be led. And once you are led, now you can cry, Abba, Father. 
It's real now. It's real. Okay. So. Let's go back to something. We don't have the will. But here's what happens when we experience Romans 8.13. God will give us the desire. I think that is, we, we come to the end of ourselves and say, I can't do it. Holy Spirit, you help me crucify this flesh, put it to death. The next thing we know is this. Now, God moves in at that moment, at that moment, and gives us an amazing ability. It is God who works in you both to will and to do his good plan. Philippians 2.13. I think this is when the desire is born. I'm going to surrender, and this is not a worldly desire. This is not a physical desire. This is a spiritual reality in my life. I'm going I'm to surrender to the Lord. But like I said, it's not by might nor by power. You and I are completely dependent on the Lord. So you can get up in the morning, you can pray, you can feel God's blessed touch. The phone rings after that, the, the trouble comes back. The peace is gone. But if we live this kind of life, we'll never lose our peace. If we live that, that kind of life of continual surrender, continual saying, Holy Spirit, please put this body to death because I can't. You know, and the, the, here's the, the, the puzzle. This flesh can come back to life like that. So it's a daily death. I don't believe we can die daily, uh, We can die only one time. I think it's a daily death because Jesus said, pick up your cross daily. Daily means it's a daily battle. So you can, you can be living in the spirit last week and be in the flesh this, this week because we can easily go backwards, go backwards. That's why it says be not conformed to this world because it's, it's, it's possible. Thank God for Jesus. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of destruction? And the answer is Jesus. The next thing Paul said, Jesus. I just call his name. I think sometimes when, when we lose that ability to surrender, we lose our peace. It's like Peter falling in that, in that, in that seal galley, like drowning. And what did he say? Lord! He picked the bride up. And that's what I think can happen to us. So when you lose that peace, it's like Peter going down in the Sea of Galilee. Lord, help me quick before I drown. He'll pick your right up. And he'll say, why did you doubt? It's that living faith. It's that spiritual faith. Ah... A certain man was brought to the Lord. I think you all know the story. And the Lord said, just believe. He said, Lord, I do, but help my unbelief because I really need your help. Because we all have those, those moments we, we, we think we're okay and we're not okay. Peter said, yeah, I'm coming. Here I am, walking on the water. 
Ben looks at the storm. Bang, he's gone. Lord, help me. There he is. Pick him up. Why, why did you question it? Because you looked at, that's the problem. The second you and I take our eyes off Jesus, we, we see storms. Think about what I just said. The minute your eye and my eyes come off the Lord, the next thing we see is the storm. So don't look at the storm. The storms of life will always be there. The storms of life are going nowhere. They're actually gonna get worse. Our, our place of tranquility, the Lord. He is our place of tranquility. You know that old beautiful song we like to sing, He that dwelleth in the secret place. I'm glad Bruce is here. You are my hiding place. Yeah. You are my hiding place, Bruce. Yeah. You are my hiding place. Isn't that beautiful? You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I see the storm, <laughs> I will trust in you. Lord, I will trust in you. And at that moment, me who is weak, I will say I'm strong, but not in myself. I'm strong in you, Lord. Play that, just keep playing it, I love that. Lord, I need you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. I've said this many times, it's not he who visits, it's he who stays. He dwells, he lives there. That's his permanent address. Thank you, Jesus. There was a, we all know the story of Peter. That man was honest to the bone. He meant well determined to be a great Christian. Think, just think with all, all, all of you. Peter, he was, he was the only one who, who was, was always, Lord, I'll be there. Lord, I'll do it. Uh-uh. When the Lord was right on, you know, on, on the sea, I'm coming. He was always ready to be number one and the best. So he's honest, meant well. I'm going to be a great Christian. Now comes the time he discovers impossible. I can't do it. <laughs> you think about it when, 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 when the Lord called him. He was so bold. He left his business, left his father, left his mom, left his family and followed the Lord. That's in Matthew 4. He, he obeys without a question. The Lord says, come. He just jumps on that. <laughs> on the water and start walking. Used by the Holy Spirit to receive a revelation, this is the Messiah. Think about Peter. This bold, honest, well-meaning man, one that always to be the strongest of all. Wow. Even the same man who received that revelation, you're, you're the Christ. And Jesus gave him the answer when 
when he rebuked him, if you remember, no, no, Lord, you're not going to that cross. Get behind me, devil. And then Jesus explains to him in that wonderful portion I just read earlier, Matthew 16, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. He was saying to Peter, Peter, look, look, this is the way you ought to be. Because Peter just said, you're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus said, not only am I going, you got to go. You want to you follow me? Deny self, pick up your, your own cross. So, well-meaning man, but he did not understand. What did he not understand? That the day would come, he would deny him. Think, think about Peter with me. I mean, how many Christians do we know? Well-meaning, honest people. They want to be the best Christians in church, in the world. They're always ready to jump on the, when, when the Lord says, come. And then they try. And they fail so miserably. But deny him. And so many today are denying him. Who began, you know, with that honest heart and willing heart and I'm there, Lord, for you when you need. And then the test comes and they fail. And, and then the Lord went, when he denied him. One of the, of the most moving portions, I think, in, in Luke. Luke 22, 6 to 1, it says, when Peter, when, when Peter denied him, Jesus just looked at him. He just looked at him. Their, their eyes met and he broke down. And there was no rebuke in that look. There was love. He denies the Lord and never was rebuked. You see how the Lord wins us? And then when, when, when he saw the Lord again after the resurrection, not one time did he say, you bad boy, you, you denied me. Never. What did he say? Do you love me? Wow. Wow. Not one time did he rebuke him. Instead he said, do you love me? Yes, Lord. And then he, 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 he gives this man who denied him the greatest position in the church. He says, feed my sheep. I depend on you now to feed them. You, Peter. I'm, I'm giving you a, an amazing place. I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to rebuke you. I'm not going to throw you out. I'm going to give you a position that nobody ever had before. Not even Moses had that. Not even Moses. Moses led them. He didn't feed them. Yet our, our amazing Lord would say to Peter, feed them. Feed them. God fed them and they refused his food. In the desert, I mean. He sends manna from heaven. And then say, oh, I don't like that. But the food God gives us is life. 
and he would choose a man that denied him. What happened with Peter? Now, it doesn't say so in the Bible, but I think something happened to his heart when in Luke, let's, let's, let's read that. It's such a powerful moment. And you keep playing that beautiful song you're just playing for me. Let's, let's look at uh, Luke 22, 6 to 1. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, you'll deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I think there was repentance right there. That man knew how to repent. I think God can use people like that. Honest man, meant well, always was there. I'm going to be the best Christian. I'll go to the cross with you. I'll die with you. The test comes. He denies him. But his heart was still there. Jesus looks at him with that beautiful moment when their eyes met. And he goes out and said, and wept bitterly. Bitterly. There were two men who wept bitterly. Judas wept bitterly. But he was not a repentant heart. Big difference. It's not about crying. It's about the heart being broken. Because why did Peter, why did Peter cry? Because he saw the, he saw his love. His eyes said it all. Jesus, full of love. And can you can can you imagine? In the pain, in the moment of such pain, when he had been beaten. Because the next thing you read is, and the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face. So imagine the Lord was being, was being mocked. He had been mocked and spoken against. He was literally suffering. And this is after Gethsemane. When, when the Lord looked at Peter, his robe was stained with his blood already from the sweat that became blood. Remember that in Gethsemane? And through all that pain, he looked at Peter with eyes of love. And his heart broke by that. That is a man who knows how to surrender. Finally, he learned it. Because <laughs> we see that surrender. And whom did God use after that? Peter. He became the man of Pentecost, frankly. So it goes down to one thing then, isn't it? It goes down to abide in the vine. That's all we have to do. What, what a simple thing Jesus is asking of us. Surrender means let the vine carry you. You're not going to carry it. If any man, let's just read that, will you? I pray you're enjoying this. I'm, I don't know. I'm not just enjoying this. I'm, 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 I'm amazed. 
I'm amazed when I can't even talk about why I'm amazed, but I am. I'm the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he will purge it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You are clean through the word which I've spoken. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you, you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. And think about that, what, what a simple thing that is. What a simple thing that is. Abiding in Jesus. Wow. So the branch has no responsibility. No work, no, no, nothing, except to receive life, nourishment from the vine. How simple is that? You know, you see in other religions how they have to do, 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 do. They punish their own bodies, thinking God will have mercy on them. Or they pray so many times a day and fast so many times a year and do all that stuff. No peace. No life. And, and the Lord says, no, no. Don't punish yourself. I took that punishment. Don't hurt yourself. I took your pain. There's no reason for you to pay any price. I paid it. All you do is, let me give you my life. Let me, let, me, let me nourish you. But you have to be a part of me to receive that nourishment. You have to be a part of me to receive that life. Surrender. That's what I've been talking about the whole time here. To surrender is to be connected to the Son of God. That's what it means. A branch surrenders to the vine, surrenders to the life in the vine, the nourishment in the vine. <laughs> so that's uh, the secret to untold power. My Lord, O King, according to thy saying, I am thine. Can we lift our hands and say to him one more time? My Lord, O King, I am thine and all I have. All I have. There was an old hymn, Take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless prayer. Let's, 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 let's close this, this year right. Not only with the prayer we just prayed, but with communion. Would you, would you prepare the elements? Take my life and let it be 
consecrated Lord to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless Oh, I want to know you more deep within my soul. I want to know you. Written by a young man I know named Steve. The song was written by him. He also wrote All the Glory of Your Presence. So, Lord, thank you for your body. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for taking our shame, our pain, our troubles, our bondage, our distractions, our storms. You took them all. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you that you've never said no to us. You, you, you've never rejected us. You said, he that the Father gives me, I have lost none. And I will lose none. No man can pluck you out of my hands. That's what you said. And today we'll remember your precious body. You took our pain and sufferings and death by crucifixion on the cross. Thank you. We just want to say thank you, Lord. We just want to say thank you. And we pray that in 2023, we will live a life of total surrender to you, Lord. Total oneness with you. That we will know you more deep within our hearts and lives. We give you all the praise. But take now by faith. Hallelujah. And we're going to partake the cup while Bruce plays Jesus all glorious. His blood was shed seven times for us. In agony, he shed his blood. In Gethsemane, when his sweat became blood, to heal our soul. In the house of Caiaphas, whenever I, I look at Jerusalem, I, it's, it's all about Jesus. There's the upper room right here. Not far from here is the house of Caiaphas. I know you probably can't see it too well where you are, but he went to the house of Caiaphas and they, they mocked him, blindfolded him, buffeted him, punched him, beat him, 
pulled his beard off. But the second time they shed his precious blood was in the beat of space. Then his blood was shed when he went to Pilate, the Praetorium, and they put a crown upon his head. So you think about his blood was shed first in Gethsemane to heal my soul, the second time to heal my image, that I would look like that. The third time to heal my mind. Many people need mental healing today. It happens because of the blood. And then they whipped his back for our diseases to be healed. That's number four. Number five, they nailed his hands to the cross that we might work for them, our work be accepted, our ministries be accepted, our life and work be accepted, our service be accepted. And then they nailed his feet. That's the sixth time the blood was shed. That we might walk with him. And then they pierced his side. That we might be born again and be his forever. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your precious blood shed for us. And Lord, we remember today your precious blood cleanse us, purify us, wash us, make us clean. Give you all the praise, all the glory and honor. And now we partake by faith. And I want you all to pray this after me. Dear Jesus, I surrender. Forgive my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. Live your life in and through me, Lord. For the rest of my days and forever. Thank you. And now, Lord, wash us. Cleanse and purify us. Seal our life with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Partake by faith. Amen. Amen. Well, the most blessed, and I mean blessed, new year. The Lord is going to visit you. And before you go, I'm going to pray with you that the Lord will visit you and your families. So stretch your hands towards me. I'm stretching my hands and my heart toward you. Lord, we come into agreement. All the needs of your people will be met. That 2023 be the year of glory, abundant life, abundant peace, abundant joy, freedom, deliverance, and all bondage. Bring our loved ones to you, Lord. Let this be the year and we will see our loved ones born again, serving you with joy. In Jesus' name, Lord, heal your people now. In healing, deliverance, in Jesus' holy and glorious name. Give you all the praise. Give you all the praise. Amen, amen.
thank you for being with me. Blessings to you. And would you consider right now to sow a seed in the Lord's work? Let's thank him. Let's praise him with an offering. Let's say thank you, Lord, for your love with a seed. It says worship the Lord with your offering in the song. Would you do it now? Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for being my wonderful father and friend. You can sow your seed now to the ministry on the platform you're watching me on. Or you can just simply go to our website, benahin.org. Or just simply text BHM45777. The, the, the quickest is by going to our website, benahin.org. Blessings. God's peace and joy be yours in the new year. Amen. Much love.